Sheila, what does it feel like to be a maid in your own home? You feel like your life is one big to-do list and everyone takes you for granted. And you just so want to be a wife and a mom again instead of someone who works for everybody. Mm-hmm. Well, you may be right there feeling like you're spending your days cleaning and cleaning and picking up. It's always a mess. No one gets it. Uh, but you're not alone. It's a pretty common malady, and you'll get some encouragement today on Focus on the Family with Jim Daly. I'm John Fuller, and we have an eminently practical program for you. John, there are so many expectations placed on women today, and I see that in my own wife. Um, you know, they're often expected to be working, uh, to take care of the kids, to mm-hmm. be a good wife, someone who measures up to their husband's expectations, and in all of that, uh, maintain the home so it's a nice, comfortable environment. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had one Facebook listener share this with us. Um, I sometimes feel so discouraged. I work full time and then come home to cook, get my kids down to sleep, then spend another two hours cleaning and doing laundry, only to wake up the next day and start it all over again. Wow. That says a lot right there, doesn't it? A lot it? of emotion and uh, frustration in that woman's voice. And uh, we've invited a guest here to focus on the family to address that. Uh, she's uh, the first time in the studio with us here. She's a blogger, speaker, and author of several books. Sheila Gregoire is uh, the author of a book called To Love, Honor, and Vacuum. And <laughs> uh, that is a great title, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Sheila, let me welcome you to Focus on the Family. Well, thank you. It's great to be here. Okay. How'd you get that title, though, To Love, Honor, and vacuum. <laughs> because we women, we want to be signing up for a relationship when we get married. And then I think five years later, we feel like we signed up for a job. Oh, man. Ugh. That is good. That is well said. We've also invited one of our producers here at the broadcast, John, Eva Daniel, to join us because Eva is living in this moment. Eva, it's great to have you on the microphone. Great to be here. Thanks. Yeah. And you are living this moment. Just describe uh, where you're at, your life stage. Well, I definitely resonate with that comment a moment ago. Work full-time. I have two little boys, a one-year-old and a three-year-old. Been married for five years. And, wow, life is busy. And we have a puppy, so I basically have a third And we child. talked about that the other day. You, you and your husband decided to bring a puppy into that chaos, right? We did, yeah. So <laughs> what were you thinking? Sorry, I, well, I wasn't clearly, apparently. So. Oh, man. Well, you are living it. And I felt, as you did the preparation for this program, and I was reading all the great things that you wrote about Sheila's book. I thought, you are living the moment. So this we need you here. This is going to be a self-help session This is really basically <laughs> self-help. Uh, Sheila, let's talk about that. Uh, five years into it, like you just said, you're feeling like you're just executing a job description. Mm-hmm. Why is that happening? What is missing to be more fulfilled mm-hmm. as a woman in today's world? I think we need to go back to what is our purpose. Many women think that your purpose in life is to create a comfortable home for your family. And you feel that burden. Right. And what, where in the Bible does it say that our lives are supposed to be comfortable? <laughs> Maybe we've got this whole thing backwards. What if God is not as interested in us creating this comfortable home where everything is in place and where everyone is happy, and he's more interested in us looking at our family and say, how can I point people to Christ? Because those are not necessarily the same thing. Well, what what has given women that drive? What uh, has compelled? What are the external factors that have created such a bent to show perfection? 
to exhaustion. It's hmm. certainly cultural, and we can blame it on the culture, or we can blame it on the media, or any of those things. But I think it's even greater in the Christian circle, because what we're told is that women are supposed to get our greatest fulfillment from our roles as wives and moms. And then we get married, and our lives become drudgery. It's always cleaning, and it's always cleaning up after kids. And no one stands over you and says, look at that pot. You did such a great job shining that pot. I mean, that is a clean pot. No one does that. So there's no feedback for us. And it can be really difficult if you think that these cleaning and and cooking and all of that is supposed to give you your greatest fulfillment. I don't remember uh, the exact percentage, but it was a crazy percentage that thought this statement was in the Bible. Cleanliness is next to godliness. I mean, something like 80% of people think that's in the Bible. Isn't that crazy? And and you know, clean is important. No one wants to fear catching a communicable disease in your bathroom, right? So there there is a certain level that's important. But I think the way that we manage our families should not be about having perfect homes. It should be about about how can I point my kids and my husband closer to Christ? Eva, let me ask you this. As a young mom living the dream with uh, two young kids and a puppy. Sometimes a nightmare. (laughs) I didn't want to say it that way. But, you know, you come into marriage with expectations as a Christian woman. um, And then, as Sheila was saying, it seems those expectations don't match the environment all of a sudden. How How do you deal with that? How do you... Uh, say, Lord, okay, I think I'm getting reality now, and then uh, kind of emotionally uh, detach from the expectation and get down to life. Well, I think for me, I was surprised that I didn't suddenly change. I've always kind of been a cluttered person, and I went into marriage not being overly organized. And for some reason, I thought once I got married that I was gonna suddenly going to change and <laughs> suddenly become organized and come up with these systems. And even though I knew that my husband was kind of a little cluttered also, I expected him to change as well. And so then when I got married and it was, oh, wow, everything is just I, I feel so overwhelmed sometimes, I guess, by all of my stuff. And so I find it challenging a lot because I do feel everybody else has this together. So and you I feel know guilty. it's a perception, yeah. it's this guilt, because I feel I really do have a lot of friends where you walk into their home and everything is immaculate. Mm-hmm. And I think, did I just miss this gene? Is this something that everybody else was just sort of given and I don't have? And I'm, I'm not sure sometimes. But maybe those friends who have the immaculate homes, maybe their children will prefer to hang out at your house maybe when so. those kids are older because your house is more nurturing. You, you never know. So. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's a good point. Um, that burden that you're expressing uh, so well, Eva, I mean, what do you do in those circles of friends? How do you talk those things through? Do you actually go there and say, you know, I feel like your home's too clean. (laughs) What do you say to the friend that you're getting all this guilt from? I don't think you say that. I think we just recognize that everybody's different. And I think God made us all with different gifts. Some people have the gift of hospitality. Other people have more the gift of of spontaneity and just being nurturing and creative. And people love hanging out at your place because they never know what's going to happen. But how how do you, as that person, that woman, Mm -hmm. how do you... Uh, become comfortable with that and not wear the guilt. I think it all comes back to the why. You know, why 
are our homes supposed to be a certain way? Why are we doing what we're doing? And most of us never ask that question mm. because I was driving myself nuts too. My husband's a pediatrician. And when my kids were little, when they were in your stage, so one in three, he was working 120 hours a week, literally mm. on his residency. He just was not home. And then when he was home, I certainly didn't want him to clean because I wanted to enjoy him being home and being with the kids. So I did everything. And my kids didn't sleep well for the first year. So I I wasn't getting any sleep and it was just exhausting. Mm. And I finally had to realize, you know, if, if things are not clean at the end of the day, but we've we've been out to the park and we've been to the library and we've created some memories, who cares? Well, that's a good way to say it. Now, a lot of women hate this scripture where we talk about Martha and Mary. Mm-hmm. Talk mm-hmm. about that comparison, even in the Bible. There it is, Martha and Mary. Oh, Martha mm-hmm. working hard, doing the dishes and Getting complaining to Jesus. Come on, <laughs> Mary needs to be helping me, Lord. Yeah. Um, talk about that guilt-ridden scripture there. <laughs> I think that... Maybe we read that scripture a little bit wrong, because I wonder what Martha was really thinking. Mm. I have my own personal theory on what was going on with Martha and Mary, and it's really a Jane Austen theory. I don't know. You're a guy, so you may... Pride and Prejudice. Yes, exactly. (laughs) We we have watched these kinds of films and read these books with our wives. It's the Pride and Prejudice thing, the Lydia. Okay, so Lydia is the youngest of five daughters, and Lydia goes off and runs off with Wickham without being married. And this means that the oldest girls will never be able to marry because Lydia has wrecked their reputation. She's brought dishonor on the family. Exactly. And so here's Mary who has brought dishonor. And as far as we know, Martha isn't married. And why isn't Martha married? I've always wondered if it was because of Mary. And so Jesus shows up at their door and Martha's thinking, this is my chance to redeem our reputation. And this is Mary's chance to redeem her reputation because if Mary starts cleaning, people will see her as marriageable material and Mm. then it won't wreck our reputation anymore. And so she's like, Mary, will you get with the program? And Mary is saying, I don't care what other people think of me. I just want to listen to Jesus. And I think that's a lesson that we all need to remember. I don't care what other people think of me. Well, that is a powerful Mm. statement, not just for women, but for every human being, men and women alike. Um, That is powerful. Mm -hmm. And it's a hard one, though, for a lot of folks to turn toward and to let go of, I don't care what other people think. I mean, how practically do you let go? (laughs) I mean, I I remember when when we had kids uh, early on, I told Dina, I just want happy, well-adjusted children. I don't care if the house (laughs) is a wreck. I said, I don't care if the house is a wreck. And Mm -hmm. she's usually pretty good about cleaning, but about that point in time, she couldn't keep up. And so she chose well-adjusted kids. Mm -hmm. And it's hard, though, if somebody shows up at the door, we sort of let them stay outside the house just because there's so much sometimes inside. How do you get over worrying about how people are going to think about you? Well, let me tell you a story. I have a friend who epitomizes the gift of hospitality and her house is very put together and if you were to look at her you would think she is the perfect homemaker every night you've got the roast and potatoes you have uh, dinner at the table Uh, there's always multiple courses and everything's in its place it's wonderful and yet if you were to look closer you would see that maybe things aren't as they seem because Every night she makes these meat and potatoes meals because that's all her husband and her kids will eat. And if you were to ask her what she would prefer to eat, well, she'd rather have some stir fries. She's trying to lose weight 
and roast and potatoes aren't the best way to do it. And they don't have a lot of money. And roast and potatoes are really expensive. It's not bad if you can use the leftovers for soups or stews, but her kids won't eat soups or stews. And so every night she makes this. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, so what are you teaching your family? You're teaching your family, my needs don't matter because I'm cooking what you guys want and not what I want. You're teaching your kids that money doesn't matter. We're not necessarily going to be good stewards of our money because we're eating too expensively. And you're teaching your family that I am here to make you happy and you never need to be stretched. We live in a world where the majority of people eat the same thing every day. They eat beans and rice. (laughs) And she is catering to her family and she's teaching them I'm invisible. My needs don't matter. How do you correct that? You start saying, okay, here's just one practical way. You say, all right, guys, you know what? There's five of us. Each of us get a night of the week. And then there's two nights where we're going to be budget busters. And we're going to eat as cheaply as possible. And there's nothing wrong with that. But her family would complain. And she doesn't want her family to complain. She doesn't want to deal with the stress of that. Don't want to make people unhappy. Exactly. And so instead, you're reinforcing values that aren't right. Huh. So it it all comes down to the why. She looks like she's a good homemaker, but what is she actually teaching those kids? Yeah, that's good. There is a level of teaching your children how to live in an an organized environment. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, Talk about the importance of of doing that, even if you're a messy. um, How do you teach? How does a messy mom who's comfortable in it? She's come to the place where I'm going to be about bigger things than a spotless home. But how do you still teach your children how to live organized? Yeah, because there is a difference between organized and spotless. Let's aim for organized. We don't have to aim for spotless. And when you're aiming for organized, you can't be the only one who does it. You have to get kids involved. I think talking about all the work that goes into the house and then dividing it up is helpful because often people don't realize how much work does go into the house. Um, Another game that we used to play was the top five. So choose your top five things. So let's say that your kid's room looks like a hurricane hit it. And what is our, as moms, our impulse is to go up to them and say, you guys are slobs. This is awful. You better get this all cleaned up. And our kids look at it and it's overwhelming. Yes. But what if... like it. (laughs) (laughs) But what if you were to say, okay, there's five things I need. I need no clothes on the floor. I need your bed made every day. I need uh, your desk cleared so that your schoolwork is on your desk. I need, And you could pick whatever other two you need, but you'd pick your top five things. And then if there's some things on a chair, if there's a little bit of mess here or there, it doesn't matter so much as long as the top five are done. Hmm. You need to ask your family for help. You can't expect that they will suddenly realize how hard you're working and that they should pitch in. Because the simple fact is, ladies, your family thinks that you like cleaning. Hmm. They do, because what do they see you doing? They see you getting up and cleaning all of the time. Kids will not do something they don't like unless someone makes them. And nobody (laughs) is making you clean. That's so funny you say that, because I can hear Trent and Troy going, all mom wants to do is clean. Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. She doesn't enjoy it, though. And men don't tend to do things that they don't really want to do unless they absolutely have to either. And so everyone sees you running around after the house. They think you like it. Sheila, one thing we... (laughs) It's true. One thing we have to say, though, what about the person that does like to clean? Mm -hmm. I mean, there are some people. I have friends that get excited over the vacuum lines. And they like the the affirmation of that, Eva. Mm -hmm. When you go to your friend's house and you Mm -hmm. say, wow, your Mm -hmm. house looks great, they beam. So Mm -hmm. there are people that live with that desire. Mm -hmm. Um, Are they 
unhealthy or is it okay? No, no, they aren't unhealthy. And God just gave them a different bent than he gave me. (laughs) And that's perfectly fine. But let me just give them a little bit of a warning. You may love cleaning and you may love keeping your house up to a certain standard, but do not deprive your children of the chance to learn how to clean or the chance to learn how to be independent and responsible adults. Look for those opportunities. Look for those opportunities Mm -hmm. and let them do some chores, even if they don't do them to your standard. Mm. How many times have we women thought to ourselves, I'm sure you have too, Eva, you know what, it would just be faster if I just did it myself. Mm -hmm. And be done better in the way I want it done. Exactly. And so we don't let other people help. And our husbands are not going to want to help if we are walking around behind them fixing what they didn't do. Uh, And so if you want your husband to help more, let him set the standard. Don't you always set the standard? Mm. So uh, there's an element of praise that can go a long way for Mm -hmm. husbands and kids as well, right? I think that the more that we thank other people for what they do, and the more that we recognize what they do, the more Mm. they will tend to feel like, oh, saying thank you is normal. Uh, and so the more they will start to do it. I've noticed that with Jean, and and um, she's never asked for that, but I'll say that was such a great meal tonight. Thanks mm-hmm. for putting that all together in front of the kids on purpose. Yeah. I'm d- being yeah. intentional. And she'll look at me like, wow, thanks for saying yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I see that. Um, I probably should do it more, but it does help her to feel like mm-hmm. her contribution matters, you know, whether that's – I haven't said that on the laundry side. Maybe that <laughs> – but you know what I mean? She feels mm-hmm. better, and she likes that being said in front of the boys Mm -hmm. because then they understand Mm -hmm. that they need to respect mom for what she contributes. That's right. But the more that she also thanks you for what you do, (laughs) then the more... The more the boys are also inclined to hear gratitude. And I think we women often don't thank our men because... Well, so what if you put a cup in the dishwasher? It was his cup. He should have put it in there anyway. (laughs) No, but if you just say, oh, thanks, babe. I really appreciate that. You know, then it just creates this culture where you're Mm. saying thank you more in your family. Uh, Sheila and Eva, let me ask you this uh, question on behalf of women. Um, You challenge women uh, to take a look at their heart when it comes to serving their families. What does it mean to be that real servant? I mean, we talked about the Mary and Martha conflict. What does real Christ-centered servanthood look like in the home? You can't really serve your family unless they also respect you. Because someone who isn't respected isn't huh. a servant. How they're, do you get that respect? They're more respect? a slave. And that comes from letting your family see that you are a real person. I gave the example of the dinner before. The woman who's just catering to everyone's needs, not considering her own needs, and teaching them that life is really about me being happy. And if we are always doing things for other people that they should be doing for themselves then we're showing them I'm not a person with my own needs. I'm not a person with my own feelings. I exist only to look after you. How would a mom tonight, she has felt this way. She has mm-hmm. felt like I'm just, uh, I'm just an employee of the home mm-hmm. and no one appreciates what I'm doing. How does she uh, gather everybody around the dinner table tonight and start mm-hmm. to, if that's the right place, mm-hmm. to start to talk about who she is and the way that she wants to be seen by the family? Mm-hmm. It sounds complicated, yeah. Yeah. But it's biblical. How does she go about doing that tonight? 
There's two things. First of all, you can just have the conversation. Get out some pieces of paper, get out some big um, planning boards, whatever it takes, and say, okay, everyone, let's look at all the work that goes into this house. And some of it's going to be housework. Some of it's also going to be paid work. Uh, some of it's going to be lawn care, making sure the garage isn't disgusting, all of that sort of thing. That's so, my job. So <laughs> Exactly. And, and I think a lot of women feel like my husband never helps, but they don't count the fact that he does take care of the lawn, he does take care of the garage. When you look those at things it, don't count, though. Yeah, when you look <laughs> at it, he is doing a lot. But And then say, okay, guys, how can we divide this up? Because this home is ours. And how can we all go towards making this a good home? Mm. And do you want to raise a boy or a girl who doesn't even recognize that they've made a mess, doesn't even recognize that they've inconvenienced someone else? Or do you want to raise someone who's going to be thinking about others and who's going to be thinking about how can I make their life easier and how mm. can I be responsible? And when you start thinking about who am I raising <laughs> rather than does my child like me, it really does help change how you want to approach your mm. family. Okay, so I love the kid aspect, but what if it's the husband that comes in and dumps his <laughs> shoes or his You coats? speak to his mother. Oh, okay. <laughs> You've got you a friend what? whose husband does that. I do. Right? Call actually, your mother-in-law. My husband's actually really good. He tends to be more neat than I am. I'm mm -hmm. actually kind of the one that dumps my shoes. Me but too. But what if it's, what if it's your spouse that is the one that is mm -hmm. not picking up? Hmm. You know, it's so, uh, there isn't an easy answer for this one because it so depends on the marriage. But I would say that if you are in a relationship where you are feeling taken for granted and that your husband doesn't consider your needs, you just need to talk to him. There isn't a magic pill <laughs> that can get away from the fact that you need to learn to communicate mm, yeah. and have that conversation. So many women just don't ask their husbands for help. And then they get into this really negative spiral for 10 years where she she thinks that he's doing it deliberately, <laughs> that he mm. is deliberately making a mess because he thinks I should be cleaning up after him. Well, and I think you're, you're into the Gordian knot. And I used to talk about that in the context of kids, of course, the Gordian mm -hmm. knot being the, un, the knot that you cannot untie. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no solution. And uh, in that context, I remember coming home literally having one foot in the house when the boys were probably like three and five, maybe four and two. And Jean's saying, I'm done, take them. And I'm like, <laughs> yes. whoa, 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 can I get just into some different mm -hmm. clothes? And yeah. so in that kind of context where I feel like responsibility is divided evenly, I mean, I'm working hard outside the home and she's working hard inside the home, mm -hmm. um, but still there's that feeling that I'm not doing enough. Mm -hmm. um, how, do, how, do I, how do we reconcile that? And a lot of couples get into that. I think what men need to understand is that housework has a unique quality that exhausts you like nothing else. Because it never gets done. It never gets done. You <laughs> could be vacuuming. Like Eva, this probably happens to you. You're vacuuming and then you turn around and your three-year-old is following you with crackers. I live with too many tornadoes, so yeah. I definitely feel in that season of life. <laughs> so laundry is never all done at one time. So you don't get that sense of project completion that you do in work and, and paid work. And so that's difficult. But I remember one time my kids were probably around seven and five and we homeschooled. So we were at home. We were really busy. I had crafts going everywhere. And my husband came home and he was so frustrated one day and he sat me down and he said, Sheila, I just don't feel like this is my home. I come home and I'm not comfortable. And I got 
got so angry and I was thinking, oh, you are just a Neanderthal expecting me to be your maid. You don't appreciate me. Exactly. You don't appreciate me. But then we got talking and I realized my husband does want it to be a comfortable home and he feels overwhelmed when he comes home. But I also have this need to be creative and to be spontaneous, to have fun with my kids. And so that's when we decided on that top five for my husband, which was he wanted the entryway clean. He wanted the couch cleaned off so he could sit down. <laughs> he wanted the counters in the kitchen cleaned off. He wanted uh, the kid stuff off of the coffee table. And he wanted there to be not too much stuff on the floor. You know, And then if there were things elsewhere, if my knitting was lying around, if there was still laundry waiting to be folded in a basket, that wasn't a big deal. Let me ask you, though. I get that. But... <laughs> A lot of women will say, well, if you want that, then mm-hmm. do it. But that's what I could. So we decided on his top five. But then he also needed to see my top five, okay. which was we need to have a craft area where the kids can have their crafts that don't need to be picked up every night. Because if you're picking up the crafts every night, it just, it's not even worth it. You know? Right. <laughs> you know, I don't want to have to do the dishes every night. I like doing the dishes in the morning. And so we talked this through and we thought, okay, what does it mean to make your home feel like your home? And what does it mean to make my home feel like my home? And oh. how can we find a compromise? Mm. Oh, that's interesting. Um, and he really was not against the house being creative. He just wanted to feel like he could relax. Mm. But I also needed to feel like I could relax. Mm. Well, Sheila Gregoire, thank you so much for your book, How to Love, Honor, and Vacuum. This has been terrific. Well, thank you. It's been really fun to be here. And Eva, great to have you in here. Thanks. Well, what a great conversation we've had with our guests. And uh, I trust that you've been encouraged in ways to help your family work together as a team and kind of tackle those everyday household chores. And our program today was provided by Focus on the Family. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for listening. I'm John Fuller. How can we find a compromise? I think those words from Sheila Gregoire are not only helpful, but could also be the answer for a lot of family battles. As moms, we're often pushed to our very limits with looking after little ones, feeding the family something that they will want to eat, household chores, and the list goes on. Be encouraged that you are not alone. (laughs) And for more encouragement, get a copy of Sheila's wonderful book, To Love, Honor, and vacuum, (laughs) which will help you to grow and thrive in the midst of your hectic lives. To order a copy, call us on 031-716-3300 or find it on our website at safamily.co.za. While you're on the site, you'll see that we're offering an opportunity for you to bring a Focus on the Family event to your church. We've created some phenomenal events with the desire to strengthen more families. We provide everything that you need for your church to be successful as you host your own unique event for couples, parents, or youth in your community. Find out more on our website at safamily.co.za. I'm Alison Schnell for Focus on the Family Africa, inviting you back next time when we'll once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.